Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. Still, after a year and a half, are we sweeping the nation or are we just like going on? I don't know know what we're doing but we're doing it every single week welcome to one man's opinion thank you one and all for downloading subscribing commenting uh last episode heartfelt episode you guys were just fantastic support around that i really i cannot tell you how much i appreciate that so uh thank you guys for your acceptance on that one i got a much better much more fun episode coming at you here today i'll get to our guest in just a moment i am jeff manz in case you're just tuning in or just stumbled upon this podcast welcome to it we are uncensored be careful around uh, sensitive ears and children and stuff like that. You can find my work over at fantasyguru.com, the 2021 fantasy football draft guide available about a week and a half away as of now, folks. So the rankings, projections, all the rookie player profiles, it's all up there for you as we speak. We talk baseball over there at fantasyguru.com as well, 24-7. EliteFantasy.com for all your daily fantasy sports needs. I write the cash game breakdowns just about every day over there. We've got GPP. we got cheat sheets. We've got lineup optimizer, lineup coaching. Get in. Somebody help you hold your hand all the way through your lineup building process for baseball, for NBA, NHL, MMA, uh, soccer, PGA, all of the sports covered, EliteFantasy.com, and of course, EliteSportsBetting.com for all your legalized sports betting needs, player props, NBA playoffs, futures for NFL, all available over there. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, all one word, fa- Facebook, uh, fa- uh, I almost said FanDuel, fuck, no. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. With me today, I'm so excited about my guest here on the program today because it's a guy I need to catch up with in many, many ways. It is the one, it's the only, call him at Duke DFS on Twitter. Duke, Nick Frazier, join us here on the show. I never call you Nick. I only call you Duke. Welcome, Duke. Hey, Jeff Mans. You know what? My wife calls me Nick. My mom uh-huh. calls me Nicholas, and that's about the end oh. of it. Even my boys now around town are calling me Duke. So, I, really? you know what? I'm fine with either. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never – I just never call – it's one of those things. I, it would be weird. It would almost be weird. Hey, Nick, how you doing? <laughs> I, I, that is so fucked up right there. Wouldn't it be? If I started calling – that would be weird. I love the Nicholas, though. That's what, like my family calls me Jeffrey because I have all older siblings. And when they – but I know, like, Jeffrey, like, oh, shit. Something bad, something, nothing fucking good is happening, but that's when you're in trouble for sure. Yeah, man. So welcome to the podcast, Duke. Appreciate you, you hopping on with us today. We have a yeah, lot man. to catch up on you and I, uh, man, I, I always tell people, people like, all right, well, yeah, who, who, who's the rising star? Who's the next guy in the fantasy sports industry? And, uh, you know, I obviously can't say Ted Schuster because that's everyone will see right through that. But I always say it's, it's my guy, Duke, man. You are just a grinder, the heart, one of the hardest working guys I've ever worked with. It's always been a pleasure working with you. You're accomplished at broadcasting, good writer, great at DFS, good at betting. Duke, is there anything you can't do? Oh, man, I'm just going to soak this praise in, Jeff. <laughs> and, 
yeah, tons of stuff I can't do. Just ask the misses there. Oh, shit. or hey, you know, every once in a while, ask some of our subs. You know, you can't be perfect every single slate, <laughs> but no, I do appreciate the kind words and so jacked to be joining you on the show today. It's it's actually an honor, as you know. I'm a huge Jeff Mans fan. <laughs> You're the a one. Huge fan of the pod. Yeah, there's there's a couple of us out <laughs> there. We get together on Saturdays. Yes. That I, share I love beer. it. Yeah, meeting. No, but seriously, uh, hopefully you appreciate this. But I consider you a mentor in this oh. business. You've always been available for a phone call, a text, whether it's personal, something about the job, career advice. You're always there for. Okay. And I I know I'm not the finished article. I want to get better, and so I seek advice from those who are better than me which doesn't sound like particularly revolutionary something to do, but you told me once not many people yeah. reach out to you and ask for help. That's true. That blows my mind. Why, why is that? Do people not want to improve? They just they're stuck in their own lane. Why do you think yeah. that is? By, so that that's such a good question. I, here's the thing. I used to think, I used to think I just wasn't any good at anything. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I guess I'm just not good. Nobody likes me. But I, I think what happens, I'm good at a couple of things. And I've realized that over the years, just a couple. And I, I think people get like, I don't want to say jealous. It's not jealous, but they, they, everyone thinks they're better. And I, I'll say I fell into this trap when I was starting my career in fantasy specifically. I remember I went, I told the story before Duke, where I, I went to a, a fantasy football convention in Chicago and Matt Barry was having a Q and a, and I went in there like guns blaze. I'm like, I'm shot better than this guy. I'll show this guy how it's done. You know, I'm going to, and I did it. No, it wasn't the Chicago. I did that in Chicago, but I only, they were good about the microphone. I got him in Vegas. There was a mm. very awkward time in Vegas. He did a Q and a, and I got sound like a fucking stalker, but <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I did, but I, I, I was going boom, 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 boom. I was like rattling off with all, I was getting him on coordinators and things like that. And I thought like, that was the way to go. And, you know, years later, I met Matt and I'd be lucky to become friends with him, very friendly with him over the years. And, uh, you know, talked to him about that. He, he realized he's like, man, I, I don't think I'm better than anybody. I do something well. It's important that I, I do the job well because of you know, the way I, I'm on a big uh, forum like ESPN and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I realized like, oh, and that's where like I appreciate you've reached out many times throughout the, over the years and appreciate people that do that instead of just saying, well, I'm better than him. That's chances are people listening are better. That's, it's not a matter of being better or what, you know, that's, that's not what this is. You need to get there. Everyone needs to climb that ladder. And that's a part nobody wants to do. Everyone wants to just jump and be the new Matthew Barry, be the next Jeff Mans, be the next uh, uh, Nick Frazier. Dude. <laughs> don't call me Nick. Come on, Jeff. I know, don't call dude. me so fucked up, right? I just want that awkward moment. So, I mean, that's what they do. They just want to jump over and leap all this because it's the shortcut. It's the lottery ticket, right. they think, instead of putting in the work. So I, I've always appreciated you uh, willing to to get in there and do the work and most importantly, take care of the subs, whether it be elite fantasy, elite sports betting or fantasy guru done a hell of a job, man. But well, I remember, thank you. I remember one specific time early on. This is when I was part-time at, at elite. I reached out to you, I sent you a link to my podcast, and I said, hey, Jeff, I know you're busy, but it, you know, would you mind taking a listen and shooting me some tips? You had no obligation to do this. We barely knew each other at that point. I didn't know you like I do now, so I didn't know if you'd even respond. Huh. A couple of days went by. July 17th, 2019, Oh, you listened to the Talking Soccer podcast. You sent me an email, yeah. detailed, long email, good, honest, Better. detailed feedback and tips. It was genuine. It was constructive and it meant a lot to me. I put those things into practice right away. 
And that's just the kind of guy Jeff is for everyone out there. You probably know that if you're listening to the podcast, but he got rid of the frosted tips. So we have literally yeah. nothing to make fun of him about. So he's just a really good guy. It's awesome to be here, man. There's still, uh, there's still plenty to make fun of me about. That's for sure. The frosted tips is a gold one, man. So what we're going to talk about today, folks, is, you know, we'll talk about the journey, um, you know, do starting out in the industry, you know, I'll go into some of my history. You guys, some of you have listened to previous episodes. Some of you just joined us now. I'll rehash some of that stuff. We'll talk. Great thing about having Duke on is that soccer, daily fantasy, betting, MMA, the broadcasting side of things. Like he talks football. Were, did you win the staff league or did you were you in the championship game? The Freaking Ted Schuster took me down, man. Lost in the championship. Well, I mean, you were still there. So you're very accomplished fantasy football player, obviously, yep. too. So it's like there's nothing we can't talk to Duke about. So we have a lot to get to on the show here today, everybody. We'll talk a little bit about that, Duke, because so my my memory, if memory serves, I remember. And uh, it'll happen from time to time. People will reach out and be like, hey, what does it take? When we were running, when Guru Elite was starting and I came over to, you know, Tommy and Kevin, these guys started the company, uh, Offshoot of Fantasy Guru, and then it recruited me over. I came over, you know, at that point, this was like a rock and roll show. We're like fucking Aerosmith or something. Everybody wanted to be a part of it and, and what, they will come in and oh, I don't even need to be paid and they'll do anything for it. So it, it was high times for Guru Lee in that. But at that point, we were getting a lot of people hitting DMs, Twitter, social media, Facebook, whatever it is, saying, I, I'd like a job or an opportunity. What does it take to get in the door? And that's the first I recall of you specifically, because you, you would hit us up. Uh, I believe it was in DMs. It was like joint. I think it was me and Tommy together. Mm-hmm. And I know you and I had a, a conversation and then Tommy would tell mm-hmm. me, oh yeah, this guy, I know this guy does soccer. I'm like, is it Duke? I'm like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. Tommy always, Tommy invented everything, by the way. Just ask him. He's like, he was the first to contact everybody. But that was the first, like, and I, at that point, I remember we weren't ready to add other sports at least initially, but you got in here right as, you know, the, the ascension, I will say, uh, of Guru Lee. Tell us uh, what was it like from your point of view? The rise of, of Guru Elite or just jumping into the industry well, as a jumping whole? In, when was the first, like, when did you know, I want to know what, why you started, why you wanted to get into the industry and talk fantasy sure. sports and sports in general. Like, what was it from your background that you wanted to uh, take this journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the the quickest version I can give you is I grew up playing sports at a pretty high level. It started out with basketball. Uh, you know, my dad's 5'8", my mom's 5'3". Mm. I, I was pretty good at it, but the ceiling was relatively low. As you were not going to be an NBA superstar. <laughs> I was not going to be an NBA superstar. Probably <laughs> some college looks, but, you know, I'm not playing at a high state or anything, right? Yeah. Around 10, 12, something like that. I took up soccer a little bit more seriously and ended up being pretty darn good at that to the point where I played in college. And my goal was to play professional sports. So my entire life, Jeff, it was, it was sports. There was, it was going to be professional sports. Yeah. That was the only thing I was going to do. Got by school because I was, could work my way through it. B's and A's, whatever, occasional C. And then I didn't make it in professional sports. So I was trying to figure out what to do. What and sport was it? Was it soccer? Was that, I mean, you were going to be a tennis or a soccer pro. Like that was your, that was the goal. And then you fall back and like whatever other sport, was that it? Yeah, basically. So I, I, I know now I peaked at like 15 yeah, at yeah. soccer. I didn't know that at the time, but that was, <laughs> you know, compared to my peers and those around my age, that was when I was the best and had some opportunities in England uh, that didn't quite come together. Um, 
at the time. And then in college, I had another opportunity, but I still had a semester left at college. So I didn't pursue that, regret that, you know, horribly now, but it just never came together. And it's pretty hard to make it as a professional. And so it just didn't work out anyway, either way. So at that point it was, well, I got to make money. Somehow I went into the business world, but I knew in the back of my head, I always wanted to work in sports because to me, no matter what it was, whether it was a ball boy or, you know, the, the locker room attendant or writing about sports, uh, at least I was going to be around sports and be able to wake up every day and enjoy work. And that's kind of where I got to was had some success in business, but was hating waking up every single day. And at that point I started figuring out, I need to find a way into sports. This was a path I really wanted to pursue and how the heck do I get a job in this when it's so competitive? I started my own website. Yeah and wrote on my own website for two years for free. And you might be saying, Duke, if you don't know how to make money on a website in two years, you either suck or you're an idiot. And I'm probably both. Oh, no. No but way, I was also man. No. People was- think that's one of those things. It's like, uh, uh, it's kind of like building a deck or something. Like, I, well, I come from a, like my brother's very handy. My my dad was very handy, but I am terrible. Like, oh, it seems real easy to repair, uh, you know, to, right. you know, put a muffler on a car too. No, this shit ain't easy. You may think, oh, it's easy, just advertise. That's their thing. It's like, yeah, how? How you, yeah, where? Where's all the, the code yeah. codes? Like, oh, wait, you got a website? Holy shit. Here's a $100,000 check. No problem. No, it doesn't happen that way. Yeah, I wasn't exactly taking VC meetings for my nine members of the audience here, right? (laughs) But that's kind of the point. I needed a place to get reps because I wasn't great at the start. And I need to get repetitions and I need to get a a spot where I could host articles that I could then show to potential employers. And I was working full time while doing this. And so I wasn't really trying to make money at it. I just wanted to get some some data down. And then step two, you got to win a lot of money. You got to go on DraftKings and have success and start sending these articles and these screenshots over to the Tommies and the Jeffs of the world. And yes, <laughs> I was annoying. And that's step three, be persistent, yeah. wear them into some in submission basically. Mm-hmm. And it's not quite like these assholes who call you about your car insurance every 15 days. It's right. if I come across Jeff's Twitter once, he's going to ignore it. Come across mm-hmm. it twice. He's probably going to ignore it. But the 15th time I send you a DM <laughs> with a screenshot, you're going to go, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah, what's he up to? And start a conversation. And it could lead to right. me getting blocked or it could lead to an opportunity <laughs> In this case, it led to an opportunity, and that's when I was able to kind of show my proof of work, go back to the website. And this is critical, Jeff, and you mentioned it earlier. We can talk about everything. Mm-hmm. I, I can. I feel like I can talk about any sport. You got to fill a need. Yeah. You got to fill a need. Like, I would right. love to do NFL content, but sure. it's my favorite sport to watch. It's how I got mm-hmm. introduced into daily fantasy. It's mm-hmm. where the most money is in our industry, but it's also where the most competition is. Right. And so I looked around. I didn't see anybody doing quality soccer content. I definitely didn't see Guru doing any soccer content. And my pitch was basically from 12 p.m. on, you guys are set. Baseball, football, everything, basketball. Let me fill that gap in there. And I use soccer as my Trojan horse into the, the elite fantasy life. And once you get your chance, you got to take step five. You got to go crush that chance and, and leave no stone unturned. Remove every excuse from possibility of you failing and, and grab the bull by the horns and crush it. I've never been offended or like they're like the block button and stuff. Like when people hit me up about an opportunity or that they're, you know, assuming they're just not some kind of asshole about it. And most people aren't, I mean, most people, like you said, it's funny because from my side of it, 
it's like I've never ignore anybody or I never put anybody off. But some of our best workers here are people like Armando Marsal, who was mm-hmm. he was did the same thing. He exact same way, you know, was working at, at other places, but felt a, a good fit here, wanted opportunities, and, and I'm sure he was sending to other places, but yeah, you know, it's the same thing. And I couldn't get to it right away. I couldn't get it to it right away. And it's sort of like a filter. And you realize somebody who's willing to take the time out, hey man, I'm ready when you are. And hey, we could talk about this or here's some of my work and look it over. And that's the best. I love that from people. I, I love that kind of tenacity. I love that kind of you know, go get in because frankly, it's lacking in our industry. People want to be given. It's like that whole debate, dude, how, how much have you laughed at the debate? A couple months ago was big where the uh, paid internships like, Oh, yeah. how could you possibly not get paid? Like, what the fuck? I started out in like, Oh, four, Oh five, 2004, 2005 doing this. And exact. I thought, I thought, Oh, here we go. I'm just, cause I had, a, I, I was successful in the tech industry, believe it or not. Mm-hmm before this and then i thought oh i'm just gonna walk in i'll be fine and then i'm better than matthew barry of course because my picks are better that's all that matters right no it's like you, i didn't know anything and i opened up my own site designed it garbage terrible and and <laughs> got no i went five years I, I got no traction like no fucking traction at all and and i got lucky that you know guys of fancy alarm were just starting and it kind of took me in gave me a platform built it the right way i didn't have to worry about the business i was lucky in that regard and um you know owe them my career quite frankly because you know without that i I never would have done it but yeah i didn't think about like i need to get paid now it's always about eventually if i keep going eventually if the market is big enough eventually if the work is good enough the money always works out and i think that's the thing with a lot of industries like ours and i i put ours into entertainment dude like comedian actor musician like dude you never get paid what you're worth at first it's always like afterward like after you you broke through and made it or whatever then people will give you money that you don't deserve for what and it's the back pay from all those times you work for nothing you know what i mean exactly yeah it comes back around then you end up getting overpaid probably it's right kind of like sports contracts in a way where yeah hey we know we're going to get the value for the first couple years but we're fine paying that on the back end uh, you know, in case you fall off there, but no, I totally agree. I think I don't understand the argument against unpaid internships. It's an internship, right? It's, it's not a job. It's, it's voluntary and it's for mm-hmm. school credit and okay. it's supply and demand. The fact yeah. of the matter is, uh, right. everyone wants these jobs. Everyone wants these. Yeah. Jobs. It's not five, six, seven, it's a 300 people applying for an inter- internship, and if you want to get into this field, this is the way to do it. Now, I mean, I'm not the guy that says, well, I didn't get paid, so you shouldn't either. That's not no, how I'm thinking I, that I at agree all. With it's, that too. If you can, just, by all means, right? I mean, if you can find a place that will pay you some nuggets or no, God love you, baby. Get it. Get that money. I, I'm just, yeah, my point is, yeah, do what you have to do, though. Get in, prove yourself, and don't let that, don't let that keep you from, don't let minimum wage keep you from your dream if your dream is to be in this industry you should be willing to do it for free for a little for whatever until you move your way up well i'll tell you this much so i i worked my way in 
I end up getting an opportunity for the World Cup of 2018. It's the summer. It's for literally a month. Um, I finally wore you guys down. You said, "Fine, go do it." You know, pay me a, a fee. What was and Tommy? We, so you were you were you? What was your strategy with Tommy and I? Because you, you were hitting us both up. Was that the thing? Because we were on some group things. I, we said, were on, I said, this guy's a lunatic. He'll probably just give me a job just to shut me up. <laughs> this guy seems like the brains of the operation. Let me hit him from this angle. So I was hitting you guys both up with different, <laughs> me- it wasn't like copy and paste. Smart. It was yeah, very you know, divide defined. and conquer here Smart. to where you guys can both come together and say, yeah, this guy's been talking to me. Let's, let's give him a shot. But I'll never forget. I was at a conference in Las Vegas, sitting in the Venetian when I was talking to Tommy and I think Rob, maybe negotiating this opportunity. Where was this? Where'd you say I was in Las Vegas, Las Vegas at the Venetian. Yep. Getting ready to head down to a conference Mm -hmm. Uh, because before this, actually during this, I was uh, a North American uh, business manager, basically for a company out of Charlotte. So I had all of Canada, all 50 States in the U S you know, 120 distributors going to get us gone all the damn time. And I said, this is what I want to do. So I accept the opportunity. We absolutely crush it. I say, let's continue this through the fall. And, and you guys say, yep, let's do it. And so I knew this was a golden opportunity to potentially work in sports for the rest of my life. Right. I quit my job. Oh. Quit my job. And this is a tough one. This is hey, not wait, for everybody. You quit before you got hired here. Full time. Quit before I got full time. Oh, before full time. Okay. So, so you, were was, still, you were still doing you're still doing soccer. Sports. Still yeah. doing soccer, getting, you know, a small fee, uh-huh. uh, you know, per month, but uh, literally a six-figure pay cut yeah, to yeah, do yeah. this. And I- I'm not a guy who says, burn every bridge, don't have a parachute, have a small parachute, okay? Oh, like, yeah. we're adults here. We're not children. If you need to have a burn bridge behind you to actually go motivate yourself to do yeah. it, this is not the industry for you, in my opinion. I agree. So I bought a small business that I thought could run itself. It definitely couldn't run itself. Mm-hmm. All right. We, we <laughs> took way yeah. too much time. I made too little money. We ended up selling that, but I made about $28,000 in that month on DraftKings. Use that money to buy this business, mm-hmm. quit my job and decided to jump in kind of full bore with this because you got to be available. Say yes to everything. That's my kind of my next piece of advice. If you want to do this full time, say yes to everything. If you want to do a staff survivor pool, I'm in. Horse racing broadcast, I'm in. Live stream poker tournaments on Twitch at 10 p.m., I'm in. Yeah, baby. Jump on lunch money from the hospital the day after my daughter was born, I'm in. Staff fantasy football draft, (laughs) you bet your ass. Finishing second using Jeff Manz's own draft (laughs) guy. Fuck, man, all my plays. (laughs) You get the idea. So everybody did. and Everybody did. I was so pissed at that. But but I'll say this, like from – and that it made it, uh, you know, it was a rough time going through the pandemic and not having sports and all that, but all the stuff you just mentioned and the people that we have, it, it was almost a pleasure in looking back. We'll look at, back on it more fondly as we get more distance between it. But man, those, like you said, those late night Twitch poker games and those God, horse racing, fun. right? I mean, that was a fucking blast, even though it was scary. I mean, we just did it just to do it. It was it was a scary time for everybody, but man, getting it through it together and yeah, Duke was doing the horse racing shows. You're dressing up in your pimp suit, uh, dude, soothsayer or whatever they what they call uh, what they what they call suits, the pinstripes, zoot suits? No, no zoot suits. How old are we? I know. 
<laughs> too old the gangster suits but basically yeah. yeah i mean we're going top hat the whole nine it was so great man but those those are we'll look back on it finally but yeah you did everything you needed to do uh, and helped all of us quite frankly through it. it it was a great time so you're going out there you took that plunge what year is that that's 2018 you're saying yeah that 2018 and then 2019 uh end of 2018 quit my job and then in 2019 and then 2020, finally uh, full time here with Elite. So yeah, yeah. I mean what, the 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 net net of it, it is. Like, what was it like? I want to know. What it was I started to catch up, but yeah, what was it like getting in with Guru Elite at that time? Like, what what was like the perception of it? Which you know, it's never going to match reality. It was always chaos behind the scenes. I've been pretty public about that recently, especially without speaking uh, specifically. You can, but um. Yeah, it was wild behind the scenes around here. What was it like for you getting hired and, and brought in to that chaos? Fun. It was fun <laughs> because I I, think, I feel like I thrive in chaos a little uh-huh. bit. I don't know if that has something to do with my upbringing. We moved around a ton with my dad's job or who knows what, but I'm, it's sort of what I'm used to. And it's really where you can shake out the people who are really committed, right? And I think that's exactly what's happened here. But joining right when I first came on, I mean, that was that was a crazy time looking back on it. Uh-huh. But it was awesome in, a, in the sense of, and this has continued on to today, if you do your job and you do it well, you have ultimate freedom yeah. at Elite. And we try to hire the best people, put them in positions to succeed and let them go work. But it was fun, man. It was, it, I was fortunate enough because when I had my daughter, you know, I had the night shift. So I'd be in the chat room from, right. you know, 10 p.m. to 4 a.m., pass the baby off to the wife and finally go get some sleep for a few hours, get up and do it all over again. But that's just kind of how it was. It was the wild, wild west. And it was, you know, it was a good time. It would continue on today, but that was certainly uh, different. There wasn't a ton of structure. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's the thing. It was, it was wake up. Like, do we need, uh, do we need to, an article today? Are we doing this today? What are we doing today? Who's doing what? It was just and who's doing was, what was probably the biggest thing. The biggest thing. It was just a, te- a bunch of text chains and DMs saying, "Hey, what are we doing here?" Like it was, uh, and that has never been my way. So that took me a lot to get. Yeah, I never got used to it because I just, you know, I tried to put institute a schedule and went through it. Um, some people didn't, aren't good with schedules. Some people are better with schedules. So I tried, uh, putting all that together. It, it's fun though. The, the cat looking back, it's a lot more fun than in the moment. Cause in the moment it was fre- stressful as hell. That's for sure. Um, so here we're talking to Duke, uh, Nick Frazier. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Duke DFS at Duke DFS, everybody, man, that that's where you go. That's where you follow him. And um, so you're with the elite mafia there. What do you think? So what is the biggest advice though? The get, so you know, we hire you in and we Mm -hmm. go, did you immediately leave the other company? Did you go straight? You know, did you focus all your attention here or were you, were you trying to get as much work as you can around the industry? What was it like for you in those first, like first climbing the ladder? So I might be unique in the sense that I only wanted to work for Guru Elite. I was a paying member, um, enjoyed the community aspect that we harp on every single day. And I didn't have this dying passion to be a fantasy writer. Uh, It was something that I thought would be an end to the fantasy and sports world. And I could be part of this huge community and fill a need. And so I, I wasn't hitting up roto grinders and fantasy alarm or anybody else trying to get a job anywhere I could. I was making a shitload of money 
uh, you know, having a good life, nice house, wife, dog, picket fence, the whole nine. I didn't really need this, but I wanted it. And I only wanted it here. And so that was my sole focus and probably why I was so persistent with you guys. And then once I get in, it was just literally making your own way, creating opportunities. And that's kind of what, you know, we talked about the unpaid internships a little bit, man, if you get a little crack in the door, freaking push that thing open. If you yeah. really want to do this and you see a crack, push it open and, and grab it with both hands and do everything available to you. Cause it doesn't happen. It's, it's a needle in a haystack, right? I mean, you got to agree with that, Jeff, oh, especially yeah. uh, in a lot of industries, but especially this one. It, it really is. And when you brought, when I, I, you said something there with uh, you never thought you're gonna be a fantasy writer. So <laughs> like you broadcasting is kind of your thing, right? That's, that's the <laughs> angle that you like. That's what you are most passionate about uh, as well. Right. Am I wrong on that? hundred percent. Yeah. I'd prefer to, uh, not right. In fact, just yeah. sit there and pull a mic up and, and talk. And what's funny though, Jeff, is you and I are the same. Yes. If similar. we talk for an hour, there's seven, <laughs> eight hours of work that go into it before yes. that. Like I could yeah. turn on a mic and BS all I want, but eventually that's going to run out. And so I like to grind behind the thing, but no, I love, I love broadcasting live sports, uh, you know, jumping on podcasts, doing live shows, everything. See, that's the thing though, man. And, and you are, it's, it's creepy how similar we are in that regard is uh, I liked writing. Let me, I won't say I didn't like writing, but I wanted to do the broadcasting too. And, but you, you wrote like initially, especially when you came here, that's all you did. You didn't really do anything. And I think at first you were saying, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. We're like, slow down, Kimasabi, like slow down. We're going to wait on that podcast and everything else. And then eventually, all right, this fucker won't give up. Let's do a podcast. Let's see what happens. Um, You know, and then, and the, the part that we talked about initially is when you sent me that email saying, hey, I've been doing the podcast for, I don't know, six, eight months at that point, whatever it was, what do you think? And that's like, oh, all right. Well, that, I, that, now that has always stood out to me because like, I don't get a lot of people that ask me for that advice or, or thing. I'm happy to give it, happy to talk about it, talk through things, what I see is working and not working. But like you said, not a lot of people did that. So it told me that you were serious about this craft, that you're serious about, engaging an audience and building upon it. And uh, so, I mean, talk about you growing, you get that opportunity to do what you want, but you didn't give up the part that was the need, which was uh, for us writing and producing soccer contents. Talk about that balance a little bit. Well, I'm in a unique spot where it's the soccer package is me. I'm the only one that does yeah. soccer. So there's literally no one else to take my spot. And by the way, I love it. I absolutely love the community that we've built over there. Yeah. Shout out to my guys, by the way, because when I had my daughter, they actually bought her a nice uh, Man United bib, a little onesie. Like this is the community awesome. we've built over at Elite Fantasy. So mm -hmm. I'll never leave those guys, no matter what I end up doing. I'll always do that. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the thing. I think people, you talk about jumping rungs on the ladder that they want to do that too quickly. There's also, I feel like across the industry, this thing where if you've been writing and then you get an opportunity at a podcast, everything else takes a back seat. Like to me, that's not the way this should be. Right. Until we've established both or we have a necessary fill-in for what you were doing, that needs to be priority one. And then in your free time, you do the next thing. And so I always had committed, and I still am to my writing, 
But if I have time to do other things, opening line or lunch money or, or other, you know, podcasts, that's where I fill in different gaps or move some things around, but you can't forget kind of what got, you got to remember where you came from. Right. And right. started with writing in the soccer package. And I still do that to this day and probably do it forever. Unless we get somebody else to fill in. You Hope feel, do you feel that? Oh, by the way, we'll talk after the show. Uh, do, we, <laughs> do you feel like you got, um, uh, I mean, do you feel like soccer as, as a DFS mm-hmm. sport, as a fantasy sport in general, like, do you feel this is one of the biggest sport in the world? Realistically, it's not a big fantasy sport necessarily over here. I mean, like you said, shout out to Micah and special K and all your guys in the chat. I mean, the, oh, yeah. those are the dudes. So uh, see, I, I, I spy on that. Yeah. I yeah, know. you do. Yeah. That was, I, they'll I'm, appreciate the shout out. I, uh, I'm all over. I, I pay attention to everything, even though, cause like I'm up at three, four in the morning and I'm like, all right, make sure everybody's cool in every chat and every, all the customers are happy. I try to hang out as much as possible, but what's the growth potential here? for, for soccer and fantasy. Why hasn't it, why doesn't it catch on more in the States from a fantasy standpoint, at least? It's a great question. I think it's a lot of things. Uh, number one contest size. It's hard to get the big dogs in to grow the player pool because the pools aren't the, you know, the prize pools aren't big enough. And then when they are, there's too many players. Yeah. <laughs> like we said, there's too many players on the field. There's not enough. You can either say there's not enough players to differentiate your lineup enough from the sharps to then go and win a GPP or certainly a cash game. Cash games are soccer. Cash games might be the sharpest group of any sport. I'm, I'm not kidding. Many people mm-hmm. have said that across the industry. So then you're going to GPPs and you're like, well, uh, all right, I guess I got a luck box, a center back goal or, or who knows what DK needs to have more success throughout the world in order for soccer to grow. And I know they launched in Europe, um, didn't have a ton of success. They're trying to get that going again. And we have some people that are becoming regulars in the lobby there. I don't know, Jeff, honestly, if we're looking out five, 10 years, you know, who the heck knows at this point um, in the, in the near future, it probably is what it is. We got the world, we got the euros coming up this summer. It's summer. Yeah. Baseball is going to be, you know, winding down. Uh, potentially we'll get some bigger tournaments there. Got the world cup next year in Qatar that are a couple years now in Qatar, 2022, that'll be some more big contests. And if we, if we somehow continue to grow the international market, that'd be great. But here in the States, it's just, we're spoiled for choice, right? right. We got football season coming up in the fall. That's going to be the big hog NBA rolls around, you know, late fall, early, early winter. And then we roll into baseball and then, <laughs> It's just esports is growing like crazy. So it is. And I mean, you've done esports stuff too. You've done broadcast, you have a Twitch channel, the whole thing. You know, you, you're very accomplished there. Uh, I love those poker broadcasts, by the way. Those were, those were a lot of fun. fun. Especially when I loved when everyone rooting against me that those are my favorite moments because I love those. That's what I love where I love that's why I love poker so much because it's you versus everybody else as opposed to like, I don't have to worry about fucking Paul Goldschmidt hitting a, hitting a home run. You know what I mean? Like I, I control it. Like it's me. That's actually, this is actually me doing it. The cards help of course, but really your play is what dictates. That's why I love poker. Those broadcasts were a, a, a ton of fun, but so you tell me, you think with DFS, cause we were actually going through this with baseball too, you know, Ray flowers and I keep talking about baseball and it's a real problem at the top for major league baseball. In my opinion, this is America's pastime for so long and they've got blown past by the NFL. 
and now they're like they're always focused on the wrong things like you know as mm-hmm. we're recording this i just got off a heater on sirius xm about fucking tony la Russa and about all these unwritten rules which god i'm just so sick and tired of unwritten rules just, i want people to play be good sports you don't have to be a dick but you can you know but you still play or put somebody up put a backup in that doesn't get an opportunity let him face a real pitcher and not bring in position players. So baseball has a whole host of other problems. Do you, and that's why there's, there's dwindling interest in fantasy baseball. There's the diehard core people and even DFS and betting people aren't betting on baseball as much. Do you think with soccer that, cause we know the pool is there, the pool of people that are interested, mm-hmm. the ratings, even in the States, the soccer gets pretty solid ratings compared to, you know, NHL level ratings you know, for, for soccer in the United States, do you think it's just for the betting and for the DFS community? It's just about, like like I said, the prize pool. You think it's because it's chicken or the egg. Will the people come and build those prize pool or do you put the investment in the prize pool and then they'll drag the people. I mean, what do you, what would you say is the right way to go? That's the million dollar question. And by the way, I think a written rule in baseball should be don't hire senile old legends who <laughs> yes. are 15 years past their prime. Like, yeah. of course, Tony LaRusso is not going to like that because <laughs> when they're delivering milk to his doorstep, that's not what they did. You know, Riding what I mean? horse and buggy to the game. <laughs> like, what are yeah. we doing? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Chicken or the egg? Because uh, they've changed personnel at the top as far as who's overseeing soccer. So it's a little bit different now. But with previous regimes, they've tried to bump the player pools, but didn't advertise it, gave us no notice. And so, you know, one of the things that's unfortunate about soccer is generally the biggest slates are on Saturday mornings. So Thursday, we typically have a couple games and then we have to wait for the uh, prices to come out for the weekend. Sometimes it leaks into Friday. So it's a whole thing. And then we have basically 24 hours to let people know to sign up. And so unfortunately with some short notice, sometimes even less than 24 hours when the contest gets posted, they take a bath. We don't fill the slate because no one knows about it. It's in the morning. People are hung over from Friday nights. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. sometimes you start at nine, 10 AM in the morning. And so they don't fill. And so I think they've been bitten one too many times, but what they need is structure and planned growth almost. So instead of having, a $25,000 prize pool one week and then a hundred thousand dollars the next week. And then $15,000. Like, why don't we stair step this and say, Hey right. guys, if we fill 90% of this, we just break even. Right. We'll continue to up this and you guys go fill the tournaments. And I think it would happen because it is, it's a beatable sport. Uh, you know, we do provide good content and have an edge certainly. And if the prizes are different, I think we could start filling these player pools, but it needs to be better planned out. Yeah, I, I think there's an, a whole nother problem with like um, with fantasy sports in general, where they're marketing and who they're marketing to. Mm-hmm. And I think soccer is such a worldwide sport. But like when you're if you're DraftKings and you spend you have a hundred million dollar advertising budget, and ninety nine million is spent in Boston. Like, you, you know, it's probably you're not attracting the people that are following these sports. Like, why aren't they going overseas? Why aren't they targeting minorities and people from other countries and right. immigrants that, that love this game and are watching this game? Target them. Tell them, hey, man, look how much this is a fucking blast to, to build your own teams. You don't have to. If your club sucks, you could build your own, win some money in the process, best other people. I mean, you know, to me, that, that's been a problem in our industry for a while. 
Like they're just, they're just off. They, they cater. Everybody's attacking the same marketplace. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the same, like um, the smaller sites, you know, uh, we had a deal with super draft over the NFL season that we did a real good job and they did a real good job and stuff, but I've seen them go right back into the same exact thing. And again, I used to have Jason Robbins on my podcast from his apartment. He used to come out of his apartment, do my podcast, like late at night, you know, before he had kids, before he was even married, all this stuff, the CEO of DraftKings, um, you know, you just, just growing it out. I've watched all these DFS companies come and go all try to do the same model. It's amazing. DraftKings broke through. It's amazing. They made it. It's good for them and a, a testament to all their staff over there. But every DFS company that comes in tries the same thing. They all are just going for the same fucking customer, the same people, the same sports, all the money's going in the same place. And then they're stunned that it doesn't work out. Duke. It's customer acquisition not what they play. They just need to get them in, get their deposit, and then let them figure it out for there versus targeted acquisition, maybe. Looking at a certain a certain group of folks or, you know. They want know, whales, wish, dude. That's all yeah, they want. I was going like, well, to say, I was just about to say. That's all they want. I mean, let's just, I, every time I'm on the phone with some of these guys, you know, with the, the new DFS companies, they all say the same thing. And, I, and I res, I'm trying to be respectful. And like I said, I wish they would, Believe me, because, you know, to be around 16 years does take, it took something. I'm doing something right, obviously. Let's listen to me. Go. There's a lot of people that play fantasy sports, a lot of people that want, like, use other sports. Let's grow those sports. Let's grow those niches. And then when you get talent in those sports, people become aware and it creates the, dude, I grew up, golf was nothing bro yeah yeah nothing yeah. again I, I i wasn't wealthy i was south side of chicago we weren't like going to the fucking tee box and we didn't really care at that point but growing up in the 80s and 90s golf was fucking nothing and and i got my when my grandfather passed away i got i inherited his golf clubs so me and my brother started going golf and it was fucking six bucks for nine holes at Kenlock golf course, like in Southside, like no problem. Like it was easy. Nobody was out on the gores. It was nice, relaxing. You know, I was 15 drinking some beers with my older brother. We had a good time. I was going to say maybe a needle or two on the tee box, but whatever. Exactly. Yeah, a couple syringes. You just, you know, just <laughs> yeah. don't, just don't wear open toed shoes. You'll be fine. <laughs> and then, uh, and then this guy comes along. What was his name? Tiger something or another. And yeah. kaboom, this, sport goes into motherfucking orbit like I, I we could and then yeah by that time you know me and schuster are kicking around and we're trying to get a tea time and go where fuck, you can't get a tea time and pace to play pace to play pace to play you got it all these things it's like wow this sport went out of control like and so that's what we need. Like we need stars. We need great, talented people, but talented people. It's like in the U S they aren't playing soccer because they can make more money. Great athletes go play basketball. If they're tall or baseball, if they're short or football, if they're strong. And yet, and yet Jeff, look at the latest Forbes money list. Mm-hmm. Number one, Ooh, yeah, yeah. MMA fighter, Conor McGregor. Now granted, yeah. Yeah. he's parlayed his uh, popularity and his social presence into a very successful whiskey company that he then sold, made about $180 million on it. Number one athlete as far as pay goes. Three of the top five soccer players. Soccer, yeah. Now they're not in the U.S. Right, right, right. We have a couple guys who are working their way up. We're growing our talent pool. But it's about, to your point, about 
DraftKings finding different customers or, or FanDuel or SuperDraft or whoever, or any industry, it's about education, right? And, and actually looking around. And if we start educating our young people on, well, first of all, reducing the cost to play the game, but then educating them on what it could be and different scholarships, especially right now, because all these pro teams in the U S are starting academies. So instead of kids, the, the top of the line kids are going to college. Now they're going off to play in Europe. They're going to play for these professional teams. The scholarships are still there in college. So now if you're a, a B player, whereas before with only nine scholarships, which is what you get in college, 9.9, I think you're never going to get a full ride. You may get a piece of money, but not even that most likely, those scholarships are dropping somewhere. So yeah. at worst, what I told my kids when I was a director at a club here in Atlanta, use this sport to get into a school you can never get into. Lord knows that's what I did. Shit, I went yeah. to Xavier University. If it was just my you know, GPA and SAT oh, score, they'd tell me to take a hike. Yeah. Use that to get in. But now you can actually get these scholarships. And if you're really good, guess what? You can go make $50 million like Lionel <laughs> Messi and the money's there. But uh, that's not what people think. They see NBA contracts and you see, you know, yeah. Manu Bulls kid making four or five million dollars and playing oh, six boy. minutes. And they're going, well, I want to be that. Talk well, are you ball. six, eight? <laughs> yeah. Are you six, eight? Like yeah. the, the barrier to entry is pretty small or pretty big there for the NBA. So I think it's an education process from a DraftKings perspective and just a life perspective. But you can go make some pretty damn good money. And by the way, by the way, English girls love, love American accents. Really? Really? Oh, big time. Big yeah. time, Jeff. Dude, dude I've never, I've barely been out of the South. I moved to the West Coast and now I'm in a valley. Dude, I'm not a world traveler. They really? Their teeth aren't great. They could chew corn through a fence, <laughs> but they love American accents, man. Shoot corn through a fence. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. That's what, that's an all timer. I haven't heard that. I heard that expression. I think it might have been my grandfather. Like that was a long time ago. That's well, well put. You know, you, you bring, make a great point though. And it'll get into like you evolving, if you will, and getting into MMA and doing yeah. this. But Conor McGregor being the highest paid athlete, even though kind of, is that, that Forbes list, was that, that counted his, uh, um, his booze? Yeah, that's in cage yeah. earnings oh. outside, uh, you know, off gotcha. the field earnings, everything. Yeah. Uh, what was the name of that? Uh, what's proper name? whiskey, proper, proper number whiskey. 12, proper, proper number 12. 12, proper number 12. Oh, good Lord. But I mean, that's the, they got UFC. That's the same shit. They got a star mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. And you know, when boxing was all the rage, it was like fucking Muhammad Ali, man. Everybody like, you know, some people like boxing back in the sixties and seventies and then Cassius Clay turned Muhammad Ali. He was a showman, a star. And, you know, and that's happened now in UFC with guys like McGregor and people are going to McGregor probably can't fight anymore. You know what I mean? Realistically, he's more of an entrepreneur than anything. It's uh, gets submitted. I don't know what three of his last fights or whatever it is, <laughs> but the dude, but fuck it. He doesn't, he's still going to be the highest yeah. he, when he's on the card we're all buying the pay-per-view because we just want to see. It's like when Tyson came back, Tyson was garbage. Where he fought, didn't he fight like Butterbean or somebody, or who was that big fat guy that Tyson fought right out of, uh, right out of prison. And we're like, this dude's going to die. We're like, yeah. I remember me, Ted, our buddy Gordo, we had to, we, we got the pay-per-view. We couldn't afford that shit. We pulled our money together to go to Gordo's apartment and fucking get that, uh, that pay-per-view with Tyson's first fight. We're like, this guy's going to die. He didn't really die. He was kind of, Tyson was done by that point, man. He had nothing left. 
those are the days though, when you didn't know if it was going to be five seconds or five minutes, yes. but you knew what was going to happen. It was going to be chaos. And you know what? McGregor's a good, a good case study for MMA and really sports in general, because everyone's making so much money now at the high end, at the top, like anything, top 1% is making unbelievable money, but MMA is different, right? Mm. You're getting punched in the face, choked out. You know, Jacare Souza just had his humorous broken in the cage last weekend. And, it's, he it's could a have won the fight, couldn't he? If they, if they didn't call it, they, people. Well, I mean, yeah, that. he had the top position. He was looking good, but you know that's kind of where Mooney's wanted it. But uh, it's a grinding sport. It's not one for the rich, we'll say, right? Mm-hmm. And so you got to wonder why he's doing it. He just loves to fight. But by the way, was it um, Peter McNeilis? Peter nope. McNeely. I was looking at. Yeah. It. I think it's McNeely, yeah. right? Peter McNeely. <laughs> like, oh my god! Like, Ball dude, it. I remember. It. We're like, dude, Tyson has been like, this is <laughs> fucking Mike Tyson. He's coming out of the joint. He's coming out. He's gonna just destroy this guy. And, and I think he, he wanted to fight, but it was like, you know, you should have saw the rest coming. Where he got in the ring with Holyfield, and Holyfield was just clowning him a little bit before he bit his fucking ear off. But um. But that McNeely fight I mean, is the most Boston looking dude of all time. <laughs> That's saying something. Most Boston looking guy. Um, but, you know, so that I think sports like soccer need that. They need a star. And, and in the U.S., and not past David Beckham, past his prime star, they need a they need a Messi or somebody to come in, Neymar, right? Or somebody like yeah. that to come in and be like the face of American soccer. That would do, that would be important to spark the interest around the fan base, but um, we're getting close. We're getting close, Jeff. I got to say we, and first of all, so we have Qatar coming up, which is a whole thing. That'd be an hour podcast. We talk about how they ended up getting that total Mm. bullshit, but the U S is the next one. We host 2026. Yeah. And we have a group of players coming through right now. That'll be entering their prime uh, around that time. And look, the the reality is we haven't heard. They're like 11 years old right now. Yeah. They're, 12 to 18, basically, yeah, okay. we'll say, right? We haven't even heard of half the roster. What kind of scouting are you doing exactly? <laughs> Believe it or not, way too much. Way Freddy too much. You're finding the next <laughs> Freddie Adu out we there? We got guys who pop in the lineup. They're like, who's this? I'm like, well, here's their background. This is where they've been oh. on loan. Yeah, unfortunately, wow. that's uh, one of the things that I do. But, <laughs> man, it's we're, we're very close. Mm-hmm. The, within the U.S., there's pockets that absolutely love the sport. The fandom is there. But it's not, I don't know why people have this obsession with beating the NFL. Like, you don't have to beat the NFL to be successful. Yeah. Like, what what are we doing? Like, the world loves the sport. We have four billion people watch the the World Cup final. We don't need to conquer everything. The NFL is king here. Let's take our little share of the pie and continue to grow that share of the pie. And we continue to do that. The US is getting better. I have high hopes for 2026, 2022. We'll see. Well, but we're on the cusp of actually having some success on the men's side, which would be huge. Here's a tip for anybody when it comes to comp- yeah, competition or competing. Um, like the NFL, when something gets to that level, right? And I guess it's no different than McGregor and his pl- prime or Tice or whatever. Like you don't beat them. You wait for them to beat themselves. You, the NFL, like the NFL's recent thing, Duke, where they have now have a 17 game schedule, 18 weeks. You realize it's the first time in sports history. You have an unbalanced schedule. There's not enough road home games. There's right. fucking lop. What are you doing? Like that's, it's fucking dumb. It's just dumb. 
you know, and I know why they did it. I get it, but it's a bad decision. If NFL, you're ne- nobody's going to beat the NFL the way it was. You got to wait for like baseball. Baseball got so rich and powerful that they just started fighting over money. And then you're just keep doing what you do. No, fuck it. We did that all the time. I mean, this reminds me of last year within our company here at Elite Sports and stuff. And everyone's like, well, what is this person doing? These people, I don't give a fuck. Let the you know a big company let them let them figure their own shit. We have to worry about our own self. Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas, just was like I'm just gonna train. I'm going there. Mm-hmm. Tyson was didn't take it seriously, whatever. And I'm just gonna punch. And he just punched. He knocked his ass out. He'll they'll beat themselves. Like don't you got to worry about yourself, the things you can control, and uh, and then you wait for your opportunity and and, and take it down. So. NFL ain't going anywhere, folks. I'm not going to jump on Sirius XM with the show and try to take out Jeff Mans. You're going to retire at some point, baby, and just hand that thing right over to your boy Duke. So I'll just wait in the wings here and and wait for it to happen. You wait for your time. That day could be rapidly approaching. You know what's funny? Let's talk about baseball, though, Jeff, because Adam Silver, I think, gave some shrewd advice to Manfred, who's a total dunce and should be put in the corner and beat the bat. Yes. Everyone talks about this pace of play, and I, everyone says that's why the young people don't like it, right? Mm-hmm. Probably. They also do a horrible job of marketing stars, and you know the card market boosted a little bit, but now that's dropping. So they got to find a way to make the game more appealing. And Adam Silver said, you have to stop talking about pace of play because in between every pitch is an opportunity to place a bet. Yeah, and I, I was like, that's brilliant. I never, and I sure. think Adam Silver's pretty damn smart. And, you know, he was one of the first to accept gambling in the sports world. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about my own experience going to games. Cause I watch oh, yeah. one, maybe two baseball games on TV a year. Cause I'm too busy with other things, but I love going to the game, especially the new Braves park over there. If you haven't been Jeff, you got to go. Awesome I have an atmosphere. I haven't awesome been since uh, I was at Fulton County stadium. I believe the last, I didn't even went to SunTrust. They closed that bitch without me even being going there. You can go to yeah. a Georgia State football game. That's what it is now. Oh, I love that. But just think about what you do with your buddies. You grab a hot dog, you grab a beer, and you bet on what's going to happen every pitch. You know, is he going to ground mm-hmm. the right side or left side? Is he going to get out or, or walk? You know, these you have to have leaders with some vision. And I think yes. baseball just really struggles with that. And they 100%. have an opportunity here with the betting becoming legalized coast to coast. Tell I man, it's such a great, it's just such a great, it's so good advice in general, you know, take a negative and take an opportunity. How can you fill it? If there's a problem within your sport or a problem within your life, it doesn't matter. It's all the same shit. Figure out a way to spin it to a positive, figure out a way to put something in there that is a positive. And if you're a slow prodding sport, like baseball, then like, yeah, then betting is perfect. It's perfect to do in-game entertainment. Do something to fill that time instead of we're sitting there with our fucking crank in our hand being like, is there <laughs> gonna, you feel like pitching or no? You, okay, go scratch your, your asshole for like 14 more minutes while I sit here and just, you know, again, there's nothing to do. So I watch yeah. baseball every night, but I have eight games on at once and yeah. I watch eight games at once and it's still slow. It's still slow. Even watching every game, like Jesus they're on commercial. They're, this guy scratches asshole. This guy's thrown over to first. This guy can't find the plate. You know, this guy just said a lazy ground ball. There's, there's just no action happening. It, it is, it, it, leadership is everything, Duke. It really is in any sport, any league at all. And when you get a guy who's passive like Manfred who just kind of ascended to the job, I mean, that's just what, what it is. You need foresight. These, the, 
every team being allowed to cancel games because of mm-hmm. rain whenever they want. Mm-hmm. There's no structure there. Seven inning double headers. There's no structure. Fans don't like it. Runner on second. That's not DH in the in, in the National League is absolute horseshit. I mean, you're talking about a position that hits like 120 for the year, and it's like amazing. Think of how amazed we are when they do. By the way, the average batting average in Major League Baseball entering today was 236, which back when I was doing this even five, 10 years ago, it was like 270, 272. It's gotten so fucking terrible. Chicks but, dig the long ball, man. Yeah, well, they do. Well, then hit the long ball or hit something. But then but then you're not allowed to hit it if if you're up too much or if you're down too much or if it's a, a certain type of pitcher or if it's a non – picture if it's a position player like oh these fucking rules well it's like I, you get these people who are like hey man if there's more scoring in soccer i'd watch it more why don't you make the goal 40 feet wide oh, it's like geez. well we're not going to okay so that guy's never going to be a person fan. that you're talking about there. this is this just happened you know, uh, just talking to it i live out in the sticks in georgia i have some <laughs> interesting conversations so no we're not gonna make the goal 40 feet wide oh, you know if you want to check it out let me know that guy's probably never going to be a fan. Why are we spending time trying to get that guy? Why don't we improve it right. for our core and try to, re- you know, increase revenues? And it's across all sports. And it's like me for baseball. If, if you speed it up by two seconds, am I going to click on a baseball game? Probably not. If you improve right. the product, have live lines on the broadcast, they need to embrace daily fantasy and betting. Yeah, what are yeah. we doing? Release lineups, release starting pitch, release lineups in the NBA, Make sure if a game's going to be canceled, we have advanced warrant. Like they need to understand that this is the future of their sport. And the more they piss off people like us and our customers, mm-hmm. the more the core, the people that actually oh. care about what happens is going to dwindle. And for sports like baseball that have a dwindling nucleus of core fans, either through death because they're too old or uninterest for lack of a better term because they're not advancing to the times it's going to go by the wayside and it's sad because uh, you know like i said i love going to the games they can't get me they can't pay me to watch a game on tv right now right and uh, if they had live lines i can see here with my buddy and bet on it and you know not just go through the book and we're throwing bucks on the table every time i'll throw like when i lived in wisconsin jeff brewers Uh are huge in wisconsin you lived in wisconsin i didn't know you lived in wisconsin oh yeah man see that's the thing people where you you want to go for an opportunity yeah. You got to make some sacrifice. I moved from Atlanta, Georgia, to a place called Lacrosse, Wisconsin. Oh fuck, I know Lacrosse. Yeah, college town, fun town. I yeah. knew zero people, but right. I knew it was going to advance my career, so I made the sacrifice. Moved there wow. for three years. Met my wife, picked her back up, moved her to Atlanta. That's how we do it. But mm-hmm. people love the Brewers, and so no. we'd have it on in the background. We'd be betting, playing pool, and you know, throwing darts or whatever. If we had something that we could actually bet on in game, they made the broadcast more exciting. It wasn't, you know. Boog Shambi, who cracks me up a little bit, but you know, the <laughs> same people over and over. And, and I know people like hated Mendoza. Give me some excitement in the broadcast. It's such a monotonous everyday sport. Spice it up a little bit. Throw some betting lines on the screen. DraftKings is doing it with uh, MMA right now. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the future, man. I'm telling you. And, but then they can't get the laws right. See, that's another thing. And that's True. where it's like, you know, we're going through that thing in Florida. And thank God they stopped that going. And I, I'm finally going to be able to legally play in Arizona, <laughs> you know, DFS and betting. It's like, dude, it's been a haul just to do this for the last five years since I left Illinois. But it's like a part of me. It's, I'm very lucky because I've seen the bill 
and have been able to work with Stacey Stern and Peter Shanky to you know get the right kind of bill. So we're going to have mobile betting and all. But part of me does worry because a lot of these states have said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, yeah, but not high stakes fantasy or no, not DFS or not mobile or not. And there's all it's like, no, you're not understanding. You need it all. You need you need mobile. You need to be I able mean, to play high stakes fantasy DFS. Like that, that, that's you need to gamify uh, these sports if, in order for people to do it. And it's a great tax benefit to all these states. I mean, you can't be sort of pregnant, right? Right. Like, you're well, pregnant or you're not. So, my high school uh, girlfriend would disagree. No, I'm just, I'm just Whoa. Okay. Well, uh, this is a whole different. Uh, oh, we, we this podcast got dark. <laughs> Let's talk about Portland. Let's talk about Portland. Oh, shit. Uh, I mean, I don't understand. It's like this. Uh, I, I don't understand the hesitation at this point to commit fully. Uh, you know, for, certainly on the daily fantasy side, it's very apparent. It's a skill-based sport. But on the gambling side, what moral stance are we taking at this point? Like, people are going to gamble regardless. I live yeah. in Georgia. Guess what's not legal in Georgia? Sports betting. Guess what I do on a daily basis? Like there's people have been doing it for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years. It's going to happen. Uh, Why not reap the tax benefits? Well, that's, I mean, dude, drinking alcohol isn't good for you. Cigarettes aren't good for you. I mean, there's things that aren't good for you. And it's like, dude, anything though, man, really pornography, fucking literally any, you can name any, name something, anything right now. Duke, say something, anything, name something. Weed. We, oh, that's too easy. Name something else. Name something more general. Crack, crack cocaine. <laughs> that's even better. Everything. Like you can say lamps. <laughs> I have a lamp yeah, in front of yeah. me. A lamp. If Computers. You get, if somebody's too into lamps, yeah. it's going to derail their life, right? I'm like, oh, God, dude, I haven't seen the lamp in like three, three hours. I got to go. I got to go. I'm leaving my job. I'm going. Like, it doesn't matter if you do anything to excess it's going to be really, really bad, right? And that's just the way it is. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You know, gambling's bad for people who are addicted to gambling. Absolutely. No question about it. But are we just, are we all just can't do anything? Because the weed argument's great. You know, one, we all know the guy that just fucking, I love to get a little high. Nothing wrong with that at all. But we've seen guys just fucking packing bowls and bowls yeah, and bowls. Constant. And they're jointing. They're like, Jesus Christ, dude, slow down. What are you doing? Like, you know what I mean? There's always, once you go to excess, you're always going to pay the price, no matter what it is. Just everything in moderation should be fine. That's, I think that's kind of my personal view is take care of your own house. Yeah. And stop worrying about everybody else. When your house is in order, okay, then go help everyone else. I think we'd be in a better spot, especially in the US, but across the world, if we all took care of our own house. And from a vice perspective, I don't understand. And just a general law perspective, I don't understand why we cater to the smallest percentage, to the overwhelming detriment of the largest percentage. Right. And I'm not talking about equal rights or anything like that. This isn't that serious, guys. But who are we trying to protect? You know, if we're, if we're worrying about 1% of people, like people with addictive personalities are going to be addicted to something. No matter what. Dude, it's my whole family. Honestly, I mean, for real, like my whole family, it's just my, my dad was an alcoholic. My, you know, my mom had depression, but like it, they're addictive. And I know it, dude, you, you, I don't think you've, I don't know if we've, have we been, you ever see me drinking before Duke? Just on, just on streams. We haven't got together now. 
You haven't got because I, mean, I ha- dude. Anybody see me in there? Like, we're hanging out, and all of a sudden, like I am Frank the Tank. I'm the very definition of Frank the Tank. <laughs> like for real, I crave it when i start getting down i will start with like uh, makers and coke i always mix because mm-hmm. if I, you don't want me not mixing but i get three four five in then it's straight then it's then i leave the ice then it's dry and and now we got problems because why now doesn't jeff has his shirt on yeah now yeah, seriously like why is why is jeff riding a donkey buck naked <laughs> like what this is new york city where'd you even find a donkey where did you see those are the situations I'll find myself in. I need to moderate. I need to. I know it's in me. I know I have the gene to be addicted to certain things. Just calm the fuck down. And like I said, the people that don't, it's a shame. It's a bummer. But bummer. we can't, there's nothing we can do to stop. We can't just say everybody needs to stop living because some people can't help themselves. That's not the right way to, to go about it either. And, um, I feel very strongly, especially with the gambling side of it. It's like, what, what the fuck? People are going to spend their money at fucking garbage. You ever see my mm-hmm. wife's Amazon bill or Cole's cr- cash? Like, my wife will find a way to spend money. Don't worry about it. She'll find the way to do it, no matter we what. We were going to bed last night. We're literally walking <laughs> up the stairs. My wife goes, holy shit, we have like 13 packages outside. Oh. I'm like, since when? I would li- I got home. I was you know, been yeah. here since two. I haven't heard the doorbell once. There's <laughs> a, literally a stack of Amazon package. Like, people. There's access to everything. They're yeah. going to find a way. Like, do we have a gun problem in this country? Maybe, oh. maybe not. But yeah. if you make them all illegal, they're going to find a way. I'm a like, gun owner, and I uh, I do think we have a gun problem. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on both sides. Like, again, moderation is fucking everything. I think it just – should we have guns? Yeah, absolutely. Should we have – 1300 guns in my basement no probably not right should i have a landmine and a fucking moat around my house as much as i would like it because i'm a very private person no probably not a good idea like god i i've always subscribed to the be cool method like can't we just be cool can't everybody just can't we just get it it's so odd when you deal with people that just don't get it and i mean it i mean life like they just don't understand like you said whether it's drugs alcohol whatever it is they they can't figure it out. They just got to go to the absolute extremes all the time. And then we all pay the price because we can't do shit uh, because of it. I, I think it's important to remember the majority of us are normal. Like, You think not, that's still true? <laughs> I do. I do. I think social media. Oh. Uh, well, I th- <laughs> okay. So I'm a little <laughs> bit younger than you, Jeff. And my yeah. wife's even younger than me. So are you I a millennial? A are you guys millennials? I don't know. I'm 36 or seven. One of those two. But she's 30. Okay. Uh, 30 is a millennial. I think she's a millennial. Yeah, probably. I think the majority of people are in the middle. They're not super far left, super far right. You know, I don't, right. Right. We don't have a bunch of people, you know, using guns for extreme nefarious situations. Mm -hmm. We don't, you know, like everyone's kind of in the middle. And if we can just, that's what I mean. Like take care of your own house. I wish we, we create laws that were just sensible. Like, right. use your freaking brain and not worry about the crazy extremes. Be cool. Be cool, man. I'll tell That's you what it is. Just be it's cool. It's so easy. It's so, you know, we all know. Like, there's, you know, there, there's, we all could, we are all great at judging other people. But if we would take that, the way we judge somebody else and what they're into, into our own vices and things, the whole world's solved. You know what I mean? If it's like, that guy drives like an asshole. And then you're fucking... Here, you know, whatever you go out and do something else aggressively on the other side, it's like, well, you're 
acting this, you're this way online on Facebook, like that guy drives. You're being an asshole here on social. You know, it's just turn it inward. Like you said, worry about your own house. I think we can all agree though. Mm. Biking on a road should oh. be disall- like illegal immediately. Yeah. Ill- get off my fucking, get off my road. Dude, actually, wild. I pulled out. I told you I live in the country. I pulled out to go get my daughter from daycare today. Mm-hmm. I saw a big old country truck pulled over yeah. talking to two guys in the little leotard outfits. And I said, this is good. I had to roll down the window. Total oh, no. screaming match. It's no like, way you did. Stop taking. Oh, I do. I wasn't involved. I was. Oh, you, know, I was, you weren't. Okay. I was I rooting you on the truck from my truck. But, you know, <laughs> I was letting him do the damage. But, you know, come on, man. Just go the speed limit or get the hell off the road. That's the only thing. Uh, outlaw that. Everything else go nuts. In, in here in Phoenix, we have bike lanes in the middle of the street. Like what? four, I'm serious. So I'm telling you. Hit from both directions? Both sides. What are you doing? Both sides. They're in the middle of the fucking street on highway, on like 45, 55 mile an hour roads. Like, wow. And they and again, they don't have to stop. They go right through everything. They don't have to pull. And they, they those bikers, man, they're all in their Lance Armstrong fucking jumpsuits. And they just pink. And they know they have the right of way, and they're they're basically. I don't think I've ever driven a, a road a bike so carelessly or ever like I, I remember growing <laughs> up in the South Side. I'd always be looking over like, what's going on around? These guys just nope, my head is down. Does nothing else matters? If I get hit, it's got to be somebody else's problem. You um, watch out for me, okay? Yeah, it's not my yes. responsibility to worry about what the hell I'm doing. Again, take care of your own house. Be cool. You're driving, be cool is right. You're driving a 210, a piece of, uh, you know, heavy steel, and I'm driving a Schwinn. And it, but yet you have to look out for me? Well, the, it, the balance, it's an imbalance right, th- right there. Duke, uh, a couple of things I want to talk. So we go back to MMA for a minute because yeah. like, you're doing soccer and you're doing everything you can for the Elite Sports Network uh, and all that. And then all of a sudden, opportunity comes up for you. You start dialing into mma has mma always been like you always been interested in it or you know were you a player or you always playing dfs and betting on mma how did how did your love affair i guess with mma come about and then talk about making a transition to doing content for it sure so i've loved uh mma ufc specifically basically from ufc one uh, we used to do the pay-per-views in a buddy's basement. It was the yeah. UFC and Mike Tyson events where we get together yes. as a group and, uh, and watch these things. And obviously that's in, you know, the old school days where there really weren't many rules. Eye gouging fish hooks and, and dick punches was about it. That's all you yeah. could do. Everything else was on the table. And then I guess where my hyper interest kicked off was uh, back in like the Stefan Bonner, Forrest Griffin days, you know, sure. when, wow we started watching these shows on spike network, right on cable TV and getting access to these guys in the houses and seeing what it went through to, to train for a fight and then actually getting into it and had a love for it ever since. And when, you know, the DFS popped up, started jumping in that had some success. And then certainly from the betting side of things, uh, you know, done a couple of different things, just literally watched fights said, this guy's going to win and started betting there, then developed a little bit of a system that's had some success and, started moving to that and the evolution of the sport Jeff has been awesome to watch because the the skill and the fitness and you know the heart of the fighters today is insane not to say that you know those before them weren't but it's on another level every every guy and, and girl that steps in the cage is a BJJ black belt or you know something right there and 
striking's elevated. The fitness is elevated. Uh, it's just the evolution of the sport's been unbelievable. And, you know, from a DFS perspective, the contest continued to grow and, and more and more people are getting into it. And so it's been fun transitioning from just a fan into something I've always wanted to do, which was write content for it. We didn't have a need, a need popped up and I was, you know, jumping at the chance to do it. And now we've added Adam Martin, uh, you know, who's yeah. been a lifelong MMA guy. He's a, is a respected journalist um, and has been killing it as well on the DFS embedding side. So we got a great team over there. No, no uh, doubt about that. That's elitefantasy.com, elitesportsbetting.com as well. Um, when it comes DFS versus betting, take me through your, your two main sports that you do, at least for us. Do you prefer DFS with soccer or betting for soccer? And then the same for MMA. I prefer DFS for soccer. Uh, it's, I, I think we have a, I have a bigger edge there. Soccer is the most efficient market in the world. People say NFL, it's, it's neck and neck, but that's where it's at. You know, it's it, billions of people are watching the sport and betting on it every single day. So it can be tough to beat the market. You also have the added, uh, basically issue of a third outcome. You can tie in a freaking game of soccer. So right. you well, have, what's the you bet? Know, what's the main, like, what's the best thing to bet on, on soccer? Like for totals. baseball, it's the props. Oh, so it's the totals. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be total. As far as the most beatable thing for me, because props are the same way with every other sport. You can you can bet them for a while. The limits thing get smaller, and then you may even just lose action on everything else if you start killing that. Also, typically, the props are things like corners, yellow cards, and goal scores. Well, when you have two goals a game, three goals a game, yeah, you better be pretty on point there. And and a lot of times it's the guys you think are going to score who are already minus 140 or something like that. So for me, sides have been profitable, but totals have been where I want to attack. If I get a good feel for a game and the numbers make sense um, from like a poison distribution or something like that to hit a number, I will on the total. From the side, it's, it's a number of things because you got to understand, guys, we're playing – 60 games a year across four different competitions for a single team. Like, like now we have Manchester United played five games in seven days. Like there's going to be side rotation. You have no idea who's going to play. We, we joke around about, you know, position players getting taken to the yard there in the seventh inning. Um, imagine that guy just starts on the mound and you right. didn't know that an hour before kickoff. So I typically, I'm not trying to beat a line, which is how we all know you're profitable long-term in gambling. And I'm waiting until an hour before game time. And if a, a, a team news comes out that I think I can find a particular edge, we'll hit a side. Otherwise, we're looking towards the total. Just because I don't want your angry letters and emails, uh, we're talking to Duke here about soccer. We're talking MMA. But what what's going on with the Premier League and the clubs that are exiting? Like, what what's that? What's the fallout? How's this going to impact the sport overseas here or worldwide? Not, even? It Not, won't. It won't. No, it was a big deal. And also, as we've seen, maybe in the last couple of years, the media had a spin on what was taking place when it actually wasn't. So what was proposed, Jeff, was and the Americans are getting blamed for it, as we always. Oh, are. really? We're getting the blamed. Big bad shit. American. Oh, the big bad Americans are coming in and ruining Your the Georgia football, trucks. Right? I don't blame them. <laughs> big old Georgia trucks. So some big teams like Manchester United, like Liverpool, like Arsenal, all in the Premier League are owned by Americans. Stan Kroenke, who you'll know, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Um, the the group that owns the Red, Red Sox, Sox, John yeah. Henry, Henry yeah. and then Tampa Bay Buccaneers owner, the Glazers, Glazers. owned United. Yeah. And so what these guys have done was essentially, if you finish in the top four of the Premier League, you qualify for the Champions League. The Champions League is run by a group called UEFA. It's basically the mafia for soccer, right? Let's think of it that way. 
And the so elite mafia said, or worse? No, worse. Way oh, worse. Shit. Oh, yeah. boy. Okay. The, the old mafia. Old. What they decided to do was say, let's guarantee some revenue because the transfer prices and the salaries are getting so out of control that the loss of revenue from not qualifying for this is going to put them out of the arms race to compete on a worldwide stage. So they said, okay, forget Champions League. Let's go start our own Champions League, basically, which is all they were doing. Yeah. And what was spun was it's the elimination of the Premier League. They're no longer going to have it. It's going to ruin European football. You know, all these teams that want to get promoted and make their way up, which never happens anyway, mm. are no longer going to have the chance. And so it was spun a little bit out of control. I think ultimately something like the Super League will happen. I think we're 5, 10, 15 years out now because it was so poorly delivered and messaged that there's just a horrible taste in the mouth of, of people across Europe. But as far as sanctions and, and stuff like that, shit like that, they may have a small fine. 15 20 million dollars but in the big scheme of things not much so what's i mean what's the difference here then are they forming their own league no it got shut down so all the english teams have backed out um the problem they had was they had teams from england spain but they couldn't get the teams from germany and france the biggest the couple other biggest teams in the world to commit and that's why i cannot believe they launched when they did because without those two and there's a whole other story behind that. I did a podcast with Siege on the Siege mentality, de- uh, detailing those uh, issues. Without those two, it was never going to happen. And, and so it was uh, – and, and I guess what did happen was some executives got their heads chopped. People lost their jobs within these clubs. Um, but in the big picture, peanuts. These are billion-dollar organizations to liken to the Cowboys. So they're, they're not really hurt by this. Speaking of people getting their head chopped, uh, when you started with us back in 2018, compared to now, tell us, uh, tell the people differences. You know, no, we're not going to badmouth people, obviously, but uh, w- what has changed around uh, a network at the Elite Sports Network? What's changed with you? How have you grown? What have you, what have you learned, Duke, in the last couple of years? Ooh, yeah, well, right. I've learned to stop asking permission and just go do stuff because <laughs> that's the freedom that we have here, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've learned that, you know, talented, qualified people will always be recognized. And the difference, the main difference between when I started and now is the structure and the team and the structure. Uh, it's, it's very clear who's doing what, uh, you know, we do have some overlap. We do all carry many hats here, but it's, it's a hell of a lot more structured. So I kind of know what I'm going to get in a week with some random things popping up. That was not the case when I first started. And so from a workflow perspective and from a quality product to our customers, we're a hundred times better than we were then. And our team just in general is, is a, it's a real community. Um, you know, we have super talented people, you know, NFL writer of the year, you know, serious yeah. XM superstar, you know, Rob's killing us. Uh, Ted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So good. This is why he's the best everybody. Uh, but it's like, I had something pop up the other day and I, I, I can't even remember who I asked. Um, it may have actually been Rob. I was like, Hey, do you mind doing this real quick for me? Cause I need to get it done, but this popped up. And he's like, no problem. And that's just kind of what it is. If, if something pops up in your life, there's someone there that can happily step in and cover for you without like, okay, but you owe me, dude. That's not right. what it is at all. It's like happy to help, man. Sorry to hear, go do that. Go take care of that. Uh, and so from a work life balance, we're all on the same page where, it's more work True. than life, but we know when life pops up, someone's there to step in. 
and carry on that work. And that's probably been the biggest difference for me. And, and in the, those two years, your lovely daughter was born as well. Now mm-hmm. uh, that, I mean, that I got to say, man, of all the things you've done a lot of impressive things over the last couple of years, but the way you balance that, boy, I, I mean, I've seen people in our industry take six months off from having a baby. You'd think, and guys take six months off. Like, okay, did you push the baby out? Like, I, okay. <laughs> right. yeah. I've seen everything in between. And I know we've talked privately and uh, um, you, you may have mentioned it earlier. When I, when my son was born in 2010, my daughter was born when I was just starting, but specifically I was, I was like full time when my son was born in 2010 and having him right next, he, I was writing articles mm-hmm. late at night and watching then the games and I was even recording things and he was right in that bouncy seat next to me. And you, you're going through the same kind of thing. Talk a little bit about how that's how things have changed for you on that front. It's funny you say that because I, one of the, the Twitch streams that we did, we talked about poker. Mm-hmm. I literally had her sitting next to me in a little bouncy sleeping with a little <laughs> passy in her mouth. Yeah, yeah. And I feel first and foremost, I know you've mentioned it many times in the past on the show. It starts with a good partner, right? Like my wife is unbelievable to let me do, to quit my job Mm -hmm. and all that money to go pursue this passion. Mm -hmm. But then to say like, I understand you need to go work. Like this is, you know, the people need you right now. Go, go nuts. You have to have that. You either have to be single or have a very understanding, uh, you know, wife or or husband. No doubt. Um, And it changes things, yeah. right? Like before I was trying to get internet famous and work my way up there. I don't really <laughs> care about that right now. I just want to right. be awesome at my job and make sure that I continue to grow in this company and do well so that she can do whatever yeah. the hell she wants to do. And so in many ways, it's calmed me down a little bit. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's hyper-focused my efforts and uh, long-term, I think, change where I wanted to get for the better. And, and for, you know, our customers and for elite and for ESB and fantasy guru, I think it's for the better as well, but it's crazy what they do to your life, man. I, I think yeah. you go from having all the freedom in the world, me personally, my yeah. parents will back this up, pretty selfish guy yeah. to now caring only about one thing and it's not you. And that's totally different. <laughs> that's awesome. And it, it changed your motivation too. And, you know, you see that and it's always interesting. There's very few of us in this industry that actually, have kids and are raising kids like it's and it's because of the time commitment mm-hmm. now it's part it's, there's some ego in there as well but you start all of a sudden now you're working for in your case your daughter or your kids and people when you have those kind of responsibilities at home it's a totally different dynamic and what the thing what your motivations are you mentioned inter, getting internet famous that's I think 90% of the fantasy industry that's what that's all they want and I know mm-hmm. that because they sell out for likes they sell out. It's like, Hey, I could give you a ton of money, but you know, what do you, you just don't, you know, I don't think we've ever done that, but don't, don't tweet about this or what people will say, fuck no, no, got to do it. Cause I get likes, like mm-hmm. likes are blood to some people. And, uh, and once you've had that understanding and once you're, you're working for something else or a greater good, that doesn't matter anymore. It's not about that. You're, you just want to do good work and, and build a future and hopefully provide for that. So it's, I got to say, I've been so impressed with you, you guys having the kid and your lovely wife, please thank her for me all the time because mm-hmm. I, I know it. I know what goes on behind the scenes. And my wife's the same way. It's unbelievable. I talk about it now so much. I can't believe she put up with it. I, I legitimately cannot 
believe she did it. I don't know what would possess her to say, oh yeah, go ahead and you know work 20 hours a day on writing about nonsense. <laughs> You're doing this screaming into a microphone in a podcast that nobody needs to listen to whatsoever. <laughs> you talk to eight listeners, I got jealous of you. I'm like, you have eight listeners, you motherfucker. Like I didn't have eight. How'd you get eight? Damn, that's dude, awesome. Dude, I did blog talk radio. I used to blog talk radio and legitimately they would tell her, hey, who enters the chat room to listen? Zero people, <laughs> hour and a half, zero. I was like, I'm doing this for nobody. Me and my co-host at the time. No, we did. That. And somebody would come in. Hey, what do you want to talk about, everybody? <laughs> but uh, but again, it's where you cut your teeth. And it's where you learn yeah. the craft for sure. I want to go back to, so you said for DFS for soccer. How about for MMA? You like the betting angle better or you like the MMA or the DFS side? It's much closer. I love the the betting angle because there's so much variance in the sport. And I like, you know, you don't necessarily get, I think people, the betting industry is interesting because there's a stigma where betting favorites makes you a square. Yeah. Which is just not true. Like betting bad numbers makes you a square, Right. but I love betting dogs, especially in MMA. And I love the fact that I can go one and three and have a profitable night. Ooh, and so yeah. from that standpoint, it's, I, I like that aspect. Um, certainly if you can find that little edge that happens to come true inside the cage, and that's the tough part, right? It's totally out of our control. We can watch all the film we want to do, all the tape study. We can say this is exactly what the coach should be telling his fighter to do. And then they go on and don't do it. Uh, and you're like, well, that sucked. There goes that money. But I also love the DFS side as well. And I like it from a super draft perspective, believe it or not, because they have a really cheap MME contest. It's, it's a nickel, 150 lineups in for eight bucks. And it's for people, to me, the way I've told our subscribers is if you're not used to mass entering contest, go do this. Don't enter a buck and go $150, you know, get your ass handed to you and lose it all in one shot. Like go play these little ones and, and get used to the optimizer, get used to what settings you want to use and get used to that kind of process. Um, but from a DraftKings perspective, FanDuel, I love playing the GPPs a hell of a lot more than cash, even though in cash, you typically only need four or six fighters. Um, but with so much variance, I just love the upside. And, you know, our boy Adam finished first in the contest uh, yeah. two weeks ago. I finished second over on Super Draft as well that week. So, it, you know, we're kind of hitting it from both sides. I love the sport. Yeah, you guys have been fantastic. I mean, a great uh, um, connection there at MMA Adam Martin, right? Is that his, yep. that's his, yeah, that's the DFS or that's the uh, Twitter handle for a guy, Adam. And, um, I, I it just got me thinking, is there any sport with more upsets than MMA? None, right? I mean, there's <laughs> no, I don't know. There's any sport because when you're talking, uh, UFC fight in particular, any MMA contest, I mean, those are both great athletes with, different skill sets and it's a matter of like timing and and uh and you know follow through you know connecting and, and executing i guess the word that's what it's all about and any, they could anybody could knock somebody out or submit somebody if just the right execution happens i don't know if there's a you know if there's a better more upsets at least at least certainly for- not with the exciting fashion that it happens right oh, like or, it, or no you, you'll get your occasional you know wednesday night MLB doubleheader and you get a couple oh, underdogs that win, but it's like, you know, plus 150 or something. Right? NCAA tournament, you'll get some, yeah, like, I guess you know, like, you know, 12, five matchup. I get that, you know, every now and then, but yeah, I mean, there's the, and that's what the thing I like that you can finish one and three and you have a monster night. 
because you hit that right upset. I, I love, I love that idea, I guess, because it's such, so different than what I do in football and baseball with fucking cash games where kind of got to be on, you know, 70, 80% all the time. Cause if you're not, you're going to be underwater uh, when it comes to that. So I like that idea of being able to be more efficient that way. Uh, Duke, I mean, man, we covered a lot here. I don't want to keep you much longer. Anything else that, you know, you want to promote and that you're, I mean, you're doing so much for us at the network and everything else, but where can people get in touch with Duke on a regular basis, my man? Well, I'm always in the chat rooms over on elite fantasy and elite sports betting uh, to an extent. My boy, Adam handles the MMA stuff over there, but from a soccer perspective, certainly on both there, but got to check out the daily dime guys. It's a free daily newsletter that uh, you know, you just put your email in, you get signed up. We have a free scratch off every day for a chance to win 50 bucks. We give out one free bet every day um, from all of our sharps over at elitesportsbetting.com. We got a girl of the day yeah, every day, which have been beautiful Instagram models. Yeah. But we're also bringing you, you know, kind of what you missed in short form. We try to get you in and out within 60 seconds pops in the inbox before you had to work every single day. Um, and we do throw some discounts in there. You also get a beta test to our new website, Elite Data, which is going to be awesome. It's a, it's basically ESPN Gamecast on steroids while drinking creatine. It's kind of how I explain it. It's got live updates with betting odds. Um, in the morning, we get all of the alcoholics uh, model loaded up in there so you can see kind of where the betting lines are at. Helpful for DFS betting perspective. But we just have so much going on across the board. Shows all the time, morning till night over on elite sports betting and in elite fantasy. You can find me anywhere, man. I'm, I'm around. You're all over at Duke DFS on Twitter, by the way, elite sports That's the place we're going to have. Uh, I've created three new baseball tools over there. All my football stuff is over there. Folks that love my wide receiver cornerback, not the bullshit the pro football focus puts on there anymore where they assign wrong matchups. You're going to have all that stuff available to you all football season long as well. So we got a lot going on for the betting market, for the DFS market. You're going to love the data we pull over there. Helps you research any sport whatsoever. Duke, it's been a blast, my friend. It's great catching up with you, man. Uh, I'm so proud of everything you've done and the growth and man balancing home life and you know taking care of soccer and stepping up for mma dude you are uh you're you're a mensch my friend and we uh, appreciate you joining me on the program today i learned from the best let's do some nfl content uh, i love talking yeah. the draft and teams and you know what I, second place was great but i'm, I'm gunning for first this year <laughs> we one thing we know we won't have to ever worry about ted again he got his we, he got <laughs> yeah. his, his talking about variance decade. holy yeah. shit that, that was, I still am not happy about the way that league went down for one, the draft totally fucked me up, but then I was the number one seed. I mean, 11 weeks in 12 weeks in, and I don't know what happened being boom, bang. And I don't either. I missed the playoffs or got knocked out in the first round. And I was just like, wait, what the fuck happened? And Ted who was nowhere finished it off. Oh boy. I've had to hear about that this entire off season. So uh, yeah, we both, we, we've got a lot of extra incentive. We'll have that broadcast for you guys of the uh, elite mafia staff league draft coming at you later on this summer, but uh, go follow Duke at Duke DFS on Twitter. Duke, thanks for joining me, my friend. And uh, let's do it again soon. Okay. It's been a pleasure, please. Awesome stuff. There you go, folks. That 
is my guy, Duke DFS. We love him. Nick Frazier. Don't tell him I told him his real name, everybody. But that's going to do it. Episode 66 is in the books. Again, EliteFantasy.com, EliteSportsBetting.com, FantasyGuru.com. Follow me on social media, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. I want to thank each and every one of you for making us part of your day. However you've chosen to do so, it means the world to us. Like, subscribe, comment, pass it on to a friend. Love to pump out more episodes all the time, folks. So uh, the more we spread the word, more episodes we can do. For my guy, Duke, this is Jeff Manns of One Man's Opinion. Remember, folks, you may have disagreed with anything or possibly everything that you've heard during this last hour and a half, but perfectly all right. Why? It was one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!